Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friends, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Hello. And today we are joined by our friend, Emily. Hello. Today we're talking about the Sandlot and summer nostalgia. So spoiler alert for the Sandlot. Please sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. Emily, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So this is a big day for two reasons. So first, Emily is the first guest we're having from the Serious Comedy Theater. And it's also the first time we're recording remotely. I'm not in the room with uh, Emily and Alex. Yeah, I am so nervous because I'm stuck in a room by myself with Emily. Right. And I think she's a succubus. Yeah, you should be nervous. <laughs> Just you a know, warning. <laughs> well, now, at the very least, you have your answer. So yeah. that should relieve yeah. some anxiety, right? A little bit. But my, my mentality is if Joe was here, the succubus would definitely target Joe. Yeah. I would be an afterthought. I would definitely get away. Right. But since I'm the only one here... Yeah, but at least I'm, like, honest about being a succubus. And I would never lie about that. I you know? certainly appreciate that. Yeah, a lying succubus is the worst kind. The worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but not all succubus. Right. Not Hashtag not all succubus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. I don't want I don't but, want to be lumped in with the others. Yeah. But guys, yes, all succubus victims. <laughs> yes. That's true. <laughs> and I'm not trying to disparage uh, anything that we're parodying right now. Right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Emily, before we dive in, do you think you could let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Uh, so, first and foremost, I'm a female. Second, <laughs> I'm brunette. Third, uh, I do improv with Alex and Joe, which is great. It's a lot of fun. I'm 31. I am a graphic designer by trade, um, and I do improv with Joe and Alex uh yeah and i'm an animal lover i love uh love gardening i love the outdoors so that's I, about it i thought you were gonna say i'm an animal lover i love animals <laughs> and i was like oh that's what that means yes. <laughs> yeah, i thought I really it was gonna that. i thought you were gonna say i'm an animal lover i love dogs i love cats <laughs> oh, i love i just start them. listing animals <laughs> Do you guys think I should? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Top seven animals. Go. Top seven animals. Okay. Okay. I really like mice. I know that's weird. I Uh. like rats, mice, love cats. Um, Love bears, especially black bears. Um, I'm a big fan of otters. That's a good pick. Yeah, and I love turtles, even though they don't love me. You know, they don't love anyone. But I oh, I huge... thought I thought you meant specifically like <laughs> you had beef with turtles. I do. <laughs> when she I don't want to talk about it. When she goes into the sea, there are wanted posters for Emily. Yeah, basically, I've been excommunicated from the turtle community. <laughs> All right, two more, Emily. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. That was only five. Top seven. That's yeah. such a random number. Um, okay, let's see. But it's what very else. telling. It is very telling. I love ferrets, even though they smell. And I love mm, certain birds. 
certain birds. Yes, not all of them. Not but, all birds. Not no all birds, but yes. Hashtag all not all Emily. birds. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Am I allowed to ask you guys questions on this show, or is no that just going ever to ever tried? But go for it. Yeah, let's let's do it live. Can I ask you guys what your favorite animals are? No, you can't. Well, that's what would happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never again. <laughs> but for real, what's your favorite animal? Oh, I couldn't tell you what my favorite animal is, okay. but I could tell you that I am a dog person. Oh my God, I didn't put dogs in there. I love dogs. No, you just admitted that dogs are at least eighth. I'm getting rid of the birds, dogs, all the way. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm willing to say that I am a dog person, but I own two cats. Mm. Um, Or they own me. I don't know which way it is. But cats just take care of themselves, and I'm not home enough to take care of a dog. True. So cats are a great second. Love it. I was not a cat person, but I do like Alex's cats. They are really unique. Yeah. They're really great cats. I came around to them too late, though. So now they're like, we don't like you. And I'm like, right. that's that's fine because <laughs> we didn't like each other in the beginning. Yeah. They can read that stuff. Yeah. Like a book. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite am- animal is... Did you just say aminal? I almost said aminal. Are yeah. You? Oh, my fucking God. child. You're so stupid. I, I guess so. <laughs> You know what? I don't even want to say it anymore. <laughs> it's probably going to be something dumb like tadpoles. It was tadpoles. <laughs> um, no, I enjoy the majestic tiger. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ready to get started. I am too. Okay, then. So, Emily, do you think you can give us a short synopsis of The Sandlot? I think I can. The Sandlot is a great movie set in the 50s, I believe. Um, And it follows a group of boys who uh, are around, like, pre-teenage, probably. Um, And they're all big fans of baseball. One of them is new to town and... uh, They get to know each other, and while playing a game, one of the boys um, steals a very important baseball from his parents' house that was signed by Babe Ruth, and they play baseball with it, they lose the ball, and then the rest of the movie is about them in their journey to retrieve the Babe Ruth signed baseball. Right. Uh, they they allude to what the conflict is throughout. Like, they're like, yeah. yes. and you're like, uh, wondering what's going on. Yeah. One thing I like about this movie is that the main character knows nothing about baseball at the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so as an avid non-baseball watcher, same. I love that the main character is clueless. Yes. Because all the references that he doesn't get, I'm like, oh, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Other than the fact that the kids are aggressively making fun of him for not knowing. <laughs> right, right. Did you know who the great Bambino was, like, before watching that movie, though? Or... No. No, okay. I know that Babe Ruth was, like, a chocolate bar. Oh, my God. That's Baby Ruth. <laughs> Is it Baby Ruth? It's not That's even baby the Ruth. name of the candy bar. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you I am, sure? No, I'm positive. It's Baby Ruth. Wow. I've seen the Goonies <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> I think I know what that candy bar is called. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I also appreciate that. I'm also, even though um, 
as I mentioned to you that like my family's got a lot of baseball history. I too am not a baseball fan per se. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you guys try and talk about like baseball stats with me, that's a hard no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've recently like started watching baseball mm. and can definitely understand why someone would be very into it. Yeah. But yeah, if someone's like, Oh, here comes this player, here's his RBI. And like, throws a bunch of numbers at me i'm like whoa i don't even know what any of those letters or numbers mean yeah i just walk away yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so baseball knowledge aside i think we can give our fan ratings for the movie yeah um as a fan i'm going to give this movie a four because you know, watching it takes me back to when I was a kid in the summer, um, both playing outside and sitting inside and watching The Sandlot. So I think I'm going to give it a four. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, as a fan, I would also give it a four. Um, not because watching the movie gives me nostalgia. It's not like the movie was a big part of my childhood. But they talk about nostalgia like within the movie and they sort of address it at the beginning middle and end as they talk about like summer starting and summer coming to a close and like the routine of that experience and then friends sort of leaving off and moving on to other things that gives me a sense of nostalgia i would also give it a four um same thing. Um, I did watch this movie very frequently when I was younger. Like it was, it seemed like it was always on TV. Um, and so just for that, like feel good aspect, I think that that's why it's deserving of four stars. But at the same time, it's like, especially rewatching it when you're older. Um, it's an incredibly simple movie, super straightforward. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's not a terrible amount to dig into. It's just, again, it's like all for nostalgia, all for just kind of feel good purpose. Um, And it does make me feel good. It does. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I think I'm going to give it a four. Great. Um, So I will say then as a critic, I'm going to knock it down one whole star. Uh, As a critic, I'd give it three stars, mainly because as I see more and more movies and TV shows that star kids I realize that there are a lot better kid actors mm, than yes. the ones that are in this movie. Yep. <laughs> um, I love them for who they are, but it's not good acting. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there are just moments here and there where in this day and age, these jokes wouldn't necessarily fly. Mm. And I don't want to say that the movie becomes bad because of it, but there are things that can't be dismissed anymore. And they didn't so, age well. Yeah, it didn't exactly age well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree on the child actor thing for sure. I feel like really good child actors is like a relatively new thing that has come onto TV <laughs> and in movies. And it's like, you. I guess people just had no idea prior to then that like, oh, kids can act. Like there are good child actors out there. Yeah, you just got to get them from Broadway. Exa- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just go to Broadway. Um, so I would agree on that for sure. My rating would also be a three. Um, Some of the jokes, um, especially watching as a female, they don't age well. Um, And I guess we'll get more into that a little later. But um, that and the simplicity of it, while I like the simplicity, 
sometimes you want just a little bit more to kind of go off of. Um, and maybe this was just a touch too simple for, you know, um, I, I guess for my, for my taste. Um, and yeah. And again, the childhood actors, I think that that is, that's a big point. I'm going to knock it down just to a 3.5 um, for pretty much the same reason. Son of a bitch. <laughs> for basically the same reasons you guys had. Um, Emily, I like the way you're phrasing it. It's like it's a simple movie. Yeah. Um, and not to say that that's necessarily bad. I think the movie accomplishes what it sets out to do. But you're right. Sometimes you want like a little bit more. Right. Um I was going to say, I thought the the actors, like, were fine. But then, Alex, when you brought up, like, the recent swell of, like, good childhood actors, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess comparatively, like, they're actually not that good. No. <laughs> also, I think about, um, have you guys ever seen the movie Now and, now and Then, by chance? No. no. So it's a similar movie, but with, but with girls. And it's one of my favorite like nostalgia movies um and like i'm just using that as an example of like a movie that's about simpler times and nostalgia but like they they dig into like familial relations and like more complex themes and you know all this other stuff that i think this movie maybe could have used just a touch more of was just Mm -hmm. like some more complexity right not a lot just a little (laughs) yeah i think in terms of like the relationships amongst each other yeah that could have been developed especially when we talk about smalls and his relationship with his stepdad totally you sort of Mm -hmm. get into like stepdad doesn't have time for you until you the child learn a hobby that he's into yes yeah i was gonna say the whole thing with the stepdad is like oh stepson thank goodness you like baseball now (laughs) like now now you're worthy of my love me who is coming into your family (laughs) and like it's never addressed that that's that's kind of a dick thing to do for a parent is to be like you're not worthy until you like this typically masculine activity (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's presented as triumphant it's like oh good for you smalls like thank god you learned how to love baseball (laughs) you were worthless beforehand (laughs) now i love you (laughs) um but i want to get into what i like about the movie because i i will criticize it uh later on and i have already criticized it pretty well but uh (laughs) i want to get into the things that i enjoyed about the movie yeah let's do that um, so the narration, mm-hmm. first off, that guy's voice is amazing. It is. Just the narrator's voice. Um, and then I liked the cheesy transitions, like the, the star coming out of the center of the, of the TV and expanding with a like kapow sound effect. <laughs> I don't think it's a good effect, but I think it's amusing and it sort of just reminds me of what movie am I watching? I don't have to take it too seriously. Like, this is just for fun. It's so funny that you even noticed that. I didn't even notice those. Oh, they were a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more specifically, I love the carnival scene. Again, kind of getting into, like, the nostalgia. I love a good carnival. And so seeing them running around, even though they end up throwing up, um, <laughs> just... uh. <laughs> You know, it's very enjoyable. 
I, and I think that scene is a fun reminder. Like these kids are kids. They're, they're, they're dumb. Exactly. <laughs> and they, they like pretend that they know what they're talking about, yeah. but clearly each one of them is like flawed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it for the exact same reasons. Um, the, scenes that remind me most of childhood were yes going to like a state fair or um any kind of carnival and then also like the days just being so hot that the only thing that you can think to do is just go to the public pool and just um cause a ruckus there that was very relevant (laughs) a ruckus yes (laughs) like like so much of my childhood was at the public pool i feel like um yeah i i liked um when they're like insulting each other back and forth. But one of the times Benny's like, if you don't want to play baseball today, then you're a this, this, this who wears your mom's bra. Raise your hand oh, if yeah. you're that person. Yep. And they all raise their hand. <laughs> so you're like, this doesn't matter. But, but later on, uh, that same insult would have been so destructive. Like, how dare you call yes. me that? Yeah. <laughs> that just reminded me of the, when Hamilton and the, other like the little league team are like throwing insults back at each other and it reminded me of uh yo mama jokes (laughs) because when i was in like middle school we weren't insulting each other we were insulting each other's mothers right Um, which is such a low blow (laughs) yeah like i don't know when that transition happened (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're gross well your mom's gross whoa why'd you have to bring her <laughs> yeah. into this that is so much worse <laughs> why isn't a your father joke a thing i'm gonna i'm gonna try and make that a thing oh uh, no it's because everyone uh has a horrible relationship with their father and so Got it's it. not insulting when you're because they're like yeah you're right he is <laughs> yeah. he's a piece of shit <laughs> uh with uh, although that isn't true um what's his name john leguizamo has a joke where he was like, when I was a kid, my friends or like my enemies or whatever they were, they'd go up to me and they're like, hey, you know, my father is so tough. He could beat up your father. And John is like, oh, yeah. When? <laughs> <laughs> Please make that happen. I like how and maybe this is completely inaccurate again, because it's from a boy's perspective growing up. But I like how simple the social dynamics are between young boys. It's like. We hate you up until you catch a baseball, and then now we love you. Now you're one of our friends. We're not so different, you and me. (laughs) We're not so different, you and I. Um, Not that that is entirely accurate, um, and maybe that's actually pretty shitty for uh, a kid growing up. But I, it's it's just a funny thing to watch, like kids figure out their social hierarchy. Um, It's usually something as simple as that. Yeah, I I am distraught. For the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie where Smalls can't do anything. I know. And they just criticize the shit out of him right in front of him. <laughs> Is that at all accurate? Uh, yeah. Really? Is Absolutely. that how, like, young boys figure out who their friends are? Oh, um, I think it's pretty, like, on a dime. It's kind <laughs> of like if one person approves, then everyone else is like, All right. He's okay. But if not a single person is willing to reach out, it's like so hard to get into a boyfriend group. Is it still that way? Uh... I have I have so much trouble making friends with middle school boys. So, yeah, I think (laughs) I do, too. I think it's the same situation. I'm working on it. Can you catch a ball? (laughs) Oh, I can catch a ball. 
can't hit one though. So oh, that's where the is. yeah. Yeah. I will say when I was growing up, I found that at least during like elementary school, we all liked the same things. Mm. Um, so there was never that issue of like, oh, Joe doesn't like baseball, so we won't hang out with him. It was like Joe and everyone else loves Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and riding bikes. And so we're all going to do those things together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily still the case. It's funny. Cause it's like when we were younger, fitting into a group of girls is so much different. Um, it's like, it's all, you know, you're always welcome. You're always allowed to play with each other. But then if a group decides that you're not, worthy anymore <laughs> they'll just ghost you <laughs> and that I, I was talking to a friend the other day about that about like multiple instances of that happening growing up like it's a very common thing like that's how bullying amongst girls is is like no we just decided last night without your approval that you're no longer our friend <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> not so like much that worse. anymore um but yeah it's it's different interesting well that's yeah terrifying it is absolutely <laughs> so manipulative uh, but yeah i mean i think overall watching a movie about boys is gonna be a simpler movie than watching a movie about <laughs> girls and yeah. that's not yeah uh, a negative or a positive thing i genuinely think boys are simpler creatures yeah. Like, I think watching a movie about girls that age is a full-blown horror movie. You know, like, it's actually scary. It's like a thriller. Yeah. There's a there's a fun South Park episode where Butters goes to a slumber party for girls to, to try to figure out, like, how their fortune-telling works. Because they use, like, those little uh, yes. things. Oh, yeah. And, and they start playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. So and common. Butters is like, oh, oh, they're witches! And, like, runs away. I brought that up to my brother the other day. I was like, you and your friends didn't, like, try and have seances when you were younger? Like, that's all we did, was we tried to talk to the dead. It never worked. Spoiler alert. But, did you use um, a Ouija board? Oh, yeah. I yeah. got a Ouija board for Christmas. <laughs> um, oh, Hasbro. My mom is the Antichrist. <laughs> um, no, it's... But that's we were talking about that. Like, that is... It's totally normal. That's what girls would do. We were always trying to get in contact with the dead, but... It never did work out. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of a single time where we uh, tried to contact the dead. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely <laughs> one time where I was told, like, if I turn off the lights in the bathroom and look at the mirror and yeah. say Bloody Mary, uh, yeah. then she would appear. And I would just be like, well, then I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Why would any child do that? <laughs> that sounds like an easy thing to avoid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we did that too. Again, never worked. <laughs> never worked. So we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to get into the no-nos of the movie and delve into summer nostalgia. Guys, has this ever happened to you? You're laying in bed. Yes, that's happened. Yeah, it's, uh, I've laid in bed before. Have you ever been 
eating in bed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all the time. yeah. That's definitely, like, where I eat my meals. Do you get crumbs in your bed? Not yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cereal. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in luck. Here's a mattress that you'll never have to worry about getting cereal crumbs in ever again because it's made of cereal. Introducing the Booberry Mattress. This mattress is made 100% of booberry cereal, and so if you spill booberry in it, you can just eat the mattress. It's not going to affect your sleep one bit. You're not going to be like, oh man, I'm sleeping on crumbs, because you're always going to be sleeping on cereal. Wow, and I've actually heard that every year you spend with your mattress, it accumulates more and more pounds of your dead skin cells and sweat. Not with this mattress, because it's going to be reducing in density because you're eating some of it every night. Are you telling me I can finally have a nice glass of almond milk before bed without feeling the guilt of my other mattress? That's exactly what I'm telling you, Thom. And Booberry Mattress will deliver straight to your door. So call Booberry Mattress right now or go to BooberryMattress.com and order yourself a new mattress. You have to know that as expensive as it may seem, it does have uh, plans for you where you can pay per month for the next six months. It is an achievable mattress for you. And it is the most important rest you'll have all day. Also, listeners can use promo code Two bald men to get 20% off their booberry mattress. You're gonna have 20% less booberry in your mattress. You're gonna get 20% off of the mattress. Boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. Me too. So I think we can get into more of our criticisms of the movie. Yeah, I think we uh, alluded to it at the beginning, um, but I do want to jump into a few particular scenes and quotes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we brought a woman here, our one token woman, yes. who's going to represent the opinion of all women. Yes, exactly. that's why I'm here. Yeah, we were kind of talking about just like as a general criticism that this is one of those movies that you rewatch um years and years after you first seen it and even though it's still like a super enjoyable simple movie um and it should still be appreciated for exactly that there's a few things it could have done uh a little bit better um one of them was there could have been maybe one complex female character <laughs> or a conversation between two women you're asking Alex, you look a very lot confused. you're yeah. asking a lot know, of this movie i know of any because movie. it's totally unrealistic it would make it does, i mean does that happen in real life that's really what sometimes, i need to know sometimes it does what yeah i mean only when it's like really desperate will i speak to another woman um but it does happen so Okay. Um, it's a little guess, far-fetched, but um, I know. I'm, I, I know. mean, I'm willing to believe it. I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a fictional movie, so I figured we could. There was room to. Oh. Write. Oh, I get it. Like a fanfic. It's like a yeah. fantasy. Yeah. It's like a fantasy film where women speak to each other. Um, which. And, but I, I think the the disclaimer is very important because a lot of people think, like, when you criticize a movie for how it aged. Yeah. A lot of people get defensive and yeah. are like, oh, you're just trying to ruin something else. No, I still and love this like, movie. No, I'm still going to watch it. Yeah. I can still enjoy it and still have a critical eye to the fact that you play ball like a girl is the biggest insult I in love the it. movie. It's a bigger insult than like, you ate your mom's toe jam. like, <laughs> Or you put it on your crackers or something. I forget what the insult was, but 
And it's like the mic drop was, you play ball like a girl. Like, yeah, like that both is the, that sides is were like, wow, like that was too far, man. Yeah, <laughs> that was really mean, what you said. <laughs> uh, I will say specifically that quote is more so of a nod. Like, they're sort of, like, saying, oh, you see how that used to be insulting? Yeah. Like, it's kind of trying to acknowledge that these kids think it's insulting, but that's not exactly right. Right. But watching it, you, you without, like, a talkback or without any sort of context, you might think, well, yeah, that's that's really what they think. Yeah. And it might be, like you said, it's it's comical because it's holding a mirror up to that's how kids might interpret that um but you know it is even like I remember growing up and um in my school being on the soccer team was like the the highest honor of just any or the lacrosse team but they had those like stupid shirts that were like you know you say I play like a girl like it's a bad thing and I'm like can we just retire that phrase like even when I was younger I was like it's so stupid (laughs) like it's just it's just so stupid, you know. Um, yeah, well, so. I, um, there was a Sonic TV show mm-hmm. that I saw a screen get grab of, and I hope this was a real line from this show. The girl hedgehog is like, yeah, like, I, can you believe it? Like, the girl beat the boys, and Knuckles goes, when you celebrate a girl being better at sports than boys, you're proving that it's the exception and not yes. the norm or something like that. Yeah. And that's exactly you. Yeah. Perfect example. I think I I think the peculiarity of a woman beating a man, it just needs to go away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, From both from both sides. Unless you're singing anything you can do, I could do. Exactly. That whole Nike commercial. So good. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, again, I watch this movie. You notice it now more than ever. It's you kind of laugh at it. I don't watch it. I'm like, oh my God, this movie is awful. I'm never going to watch it again. Uh, I still enjoy myself. But again, even the mom, she could have had some depth to her at all. Um, uh, or the lifeguard, Wendy. Uh, we can get into uh, what's wrong with that whole scene. <laughs> and Wendy Wait, is a character. What's wrong with it? What do you mean? <laughs> well, Alex, <laughs> let, me, let me start with. <laughs> uh, so... For anyone who's never seen Sandlot, Wendy is the lifeguard, and she's hot, and she never says one word. Um, all she is is the object of the kid's affection. And there is a scene where at the pool, when it's too hot to play baseball, they all go swimming. And I think it's Squints who is in love with Wendy, the lifeguard. And Wendy is sitting up on her little perch. She is putting on some sun lotion in a very suggestive manner. Yeah, it's her fault, really. She really was asking for it, yeah. Um, And she just, she just had that look on her face, like, I love, you know, preteen boys. I love Um, Squints. I love him, yeah. So, and then I think, uh, what was it, Squints pretends to drown so that Wendy will come over and resuscitate him, and then he starts making out with her. Yeah, and now I will say I do think Squints genuinely was drowning. And I think he was saying this is going to be worth it for when I, like, gain consciousness again. <laughs> like, that's literally what I think his thought process was. Are you Cause, serious? Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I think they say Squints doesn't know how to swim. 
and then he okay. jumps into the deep end. So he yeah. genuinely did need lifeguarding. But then, <laughs> but coming then... At, when like when he's coming out of this drowned stupor, he's like, "Oh boy, my plan is going exactly as I wanted." <laughs> he he wakes up the same way Doctor Strange wakes up when the snap brings him back, and he's like, "Oh, good, everything's going according to plan," and starts bringing everyone to the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, but watching that scene now. You're just like, that wouldn't fly today. And yeah. but again I mean, again, I still laugh during it. It's still kind of silly. Right. It's and funny. I think uh in the in the world of Me Too, which is a very important movement, that scene alone is still sort of making fun of the kids. Yes. The the bigger issue what I see is that he quote unquote gets rewarded for it. Yeah. When he yeah. leaves, Wendy now has his affection and yeah, vice versa. Right. She waves at him every single day. At the end, they narrate that they got married and had nine kids. Yeah. Like... Which is a lot of kids. It, yeah, it quote-unquote Well, she just worked. loves bone and squint so much because yeah. he pretended to drown. He's assertive. He's a go-getter. Boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm saying wrong here. I just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. Like the, I think you're exactly right. It's just like, wow, what a wacky hijinks that this summer kid is getting into. But mm -hmm. one, he gets rewarded, and two, a kid watching it doesn't get the context of no. This is a joke. This is parody. They're like, oh, maybe I should pretend to drown, or maybe I should trick someone into kissing. Yes, yeah. The way to get a wife is to trick her. Yes. Um, and I will say, as a kid, I did not see that scene as a parody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there there are other movies that, like, have things like this where, like, you're like, wait a minute, that was never okay, but I guess it was, like, accepted. Like, in um, Revenge of the Nerds, mm -hmm. one of the nerds wears a, a Darth Vader mask to have sex with someone else's girlfriend. Right. And that's literal rape. Yes. You're impersonating someone to get... And so, yeah, like that shouldn't have ever flied, flew, flown, flown, flewed, been but flown. But regardless, it been does flown? exist. <laughs> been flown. <laughs> but, but regardless, it does exist, and so that's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, and it won't necessarily dismiss all of the Revenge of the Nerd series, but wow, that was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to go that far back to like watch movies and. And be like, that. you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have alluded to that. I was watching, I don't know why, I was watching a trailer for Superbad the other day. I was watching a trailer for Superbad because I had just watched Booksmart. And um, I forget, I was going to send it to someone. And uh, there was the, there's a line in the movie that I completely forgot about where he was like, he was, he was talking about, he's like getting girls drunk and they make out with people that they regret. Or they, they have sex with people that they regret having sex with. And he's like, we could be those yeah, people. we could be those people. And yeah. I'm like, even though you laugh at it, I still laugh at it. Like, I'm just like, that's wrong. That's not okay. You know? Um, but and Jonah like, Hill... Oh, you don't have to go that far back, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Jonah Hill has come out and said, yes, yeah, Superbad is problematic. Yeah. And you're still going to laugh at it, but you need to recognize that there's problems with it. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, it's, sometimes I can't separate what I laugh at because you're like supposed to laugh at it versus what is genuinely mm-hmm. funny, you know? So that's that's always there. Yeah. So I don't think any of us got into hijinks like Squints did at the pool, but what were some of the summer activities that you guys remember doing and are nostalgic for? I'll go first. Um, I have like, I have so many. Um, I think that we were definitely like the definition of free range kids. Like you would just, (laughs) you would just go out at 10 a.m. and you would not return until the sun went down and who knows where we were or what we were doing, but we came home alive every night. I remember uh, I was really into, I had this like goal when I was younger of making a parade. That was a thing that I was like so hell bent on doing. So I would like go door to door and just like try and gather all the children in the neighborhood. And I'm like, today's the day we're going to have a parade. Um, And I think we did. We did have a parade. That and then summer camp. There was so much stuff that happened at summer camp. Like I think summer camp was the definition of like summertime in permanence and, you know, fun because it was as if it was like what happened there you didn't have to bring home with you. It just, it happened. It was like Las Vegas. It was just like whatever happens at summer camp stays at summer camp. Um, Did you go to a, a sleepaway camp? Yes. Uh, my parents could not wait to get me to sleepaway <laughs> camp. They're like, get out of here. <laughs> so I would go for, I think it was like two weeks at a time. I would go to sleepaway camp and I have one good story. So I went when I was maybe like four, 13, 12 or 13 And my first experience ever with a boy was they were having a dance at the end of this two-week summer camp, which it was a biology camp, by the way. So we would go into the the marsh every day and just, like, you know, grab things from the marsh and study it. Oh, grab things from the marsh, all right. (sighs) I see where this is going. Did you really have to say that that way? Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming you're just really interested in biology. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, like tadpoles and (laughs) frogs and things. Do you have to bring it back to tadpoles? No one cares about tadpoles. I know, Joe. I'm going to make tadpoles a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, I was awkward and had no experience with boys and uh, didn't really know where to start. So I was there with my friend Stephanie and I was like, I got to find a date for the dance. Um, And the person I picked as the object of my affection was this boy named Adrian. And he didn't speak. He only did bird calls. And I'm not joking. Uh, He only did bird calls. (laughs) Like always or during your interaction? No, no. He, well, (laughs) anyone's interaction with him. Was bird calls. Everyone warned me. They're like, Adrian doesn't talk. He only does bird calls. And And you were like, that's plenty. I just need a face and someone who's good with their tongue. Yes, that's exactly what I said. And I wrote him a note. And um, Was it in bird? No, I don't know how to speak bird. Oh, okay. It's so embarrassing. I know, but I don't know how to speak bird, so I wrote him a note in English. And uh, we did go to the dance together, and I had my first dance with Adrian, the bird caller there. And we never spoke. He really stayed in character. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it wasn't a character. (laughs) I don't think it was. So those are like, uh, you know, I have, and I'm not going to bore you with all the summertime camp stories, but that was one that sticks out to me. I'm like, that's such a weird thing that only happens at sleepaway camp, you know? Yeah. I wonder where he is now. I hope he's like not still just bird calling or (laughs) I hope he's like, he's like the world leader in bird calls. He might be. Like he's the best there is. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? What are some summertime memories for you? 
So I went to um, day camp, mm-hmm. and those were definitely um, where most of my memories come from. It was held at an ice rink um, <laughs> that also had like sports grounds. It was like a big park property. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to swim in the pool. We had like we played tennis, we played baseball, um, but we also got to ice skate every day. Um, so to this day, I love the smell of ice rinks because it just makes <laughs> me think about summer vacation. It's such an odd thing to do in like the middle of summer. Yeah. <laughs> Does that like, do you still associate like summertime freedom with ice skating? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that, but definitely this particular skating rink makes me think about summertime. Yeah. I ne- it's weird. I never realized how weird that was until it's you pointed so that out. It's so bizarre to <laughs> that go is ice a, skating in the middle of summer. Yeah, that is a very traditionally winter activity. I yes. never, I never, I never even thought it was weird. Like even the thought of you ice skating in like shorts and a tank top is weird. Yeah, like, no one should do that. Oh, especially if you fall. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was great when I became a CIT. Because I didn't have to wear a helmet anymore. Uh, so I could really flex on these kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interestingly, my, my summer memories gave me skills that I love to apply today. That I hated developing as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, over the summer, I'd go to a day camp that I didn't really have too many friends at. Uh, My parents would go to work, and this was just their babysitting service. Uh, My parents didn't get in contact with any of my friends' parents to arrange playdates, so I didn't really see my friends until school time. So I preferred going back to school. Yeah. Um, At day camp, there was a lot of, like, kickball, um, t-ball, and, like, sporty things that I didn't enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. I eventually learned how to play each thing so I wouldn't be doing nothing. But I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And now today, I love sports. Right? I love the camaraderie of teamwork and um, being athletic and getting those endorphins out. But I hated developing those skills. Uh, at the same day camp, we also learned a lot of card games like Skippo. Oh, yeah. Uno, just regular cards, how to play poker and things like that, which I love, 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 love to apply now. But again, learning them, I was like, oh, this is fine, I guess. <laughs> Do you think there's still value in like sending a kid to camp? I think there's great mental health value for a parent to get rid of their kid periodically. Yes. And to not think about them. Yes. Being even even not even texting them, like keep your phone here. I'll pick you up when the time is right. right, Okay, you're not going to text me saying pick me up or text me saying this is that. Yeah, you'll tell me about your day at the end of the day. Right. Or you'll tell me about your summer at the end of the summer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This advice is coming from a 26 year old uh, parent. uh, No, sorry. Childless. (laughs) I was about to say, where are your kids? (laughs) You have have two cats. I think that counts. Yeah, you're a dad. You're a dad. You're a Uh, cat dad. Okay. I promise you plenty plenty of human dads. (laughs) I'm not going to ignore that song, Joe. Can we just... Yeah, I just want to talk about Joe's song, Cat Daddy, and how that needs to be written. 
Have you guys not heard Cat Daddy? Cat oh, it's Daddy. already written? It's a whole rap song and like a dance. Okay, we'll upload that to Instagram, <laughs> you singing and dancing to that. Also, should we start a cat summer camp for, for like tired cat dads? Ooh. Yeah. That sounds yeah. perfect. Like hotel for dogs, but cats? Well, it's like summer camp and we teach <laughs> the them sports. You know, we teach them activities and sports and they bond, you know. I like the idea of teaching them how to make their parents' lives worse. Like, this is how you flush the toilet in the middle of the night. Here's how you knock things off the table. Oh, you already knew how to do that. Great. <laughs> wow, you're a natural. Do your cats flush the toilet in the middle of the night? No. Wow. Okay. But I'd be terrified if they could. So that'd be great to teach one. <laughs> uh, so I certainly find the nostalgia of summer to be different than what many other people experience. Like this sentimental longing for the past is for me, not my childhood and it's not high school either. It's a little bit of college. And for the most part, it's current. Like I enjoy what my life is now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I ever have kids, my nostalgia would be for when I didn't have kids. Yes. But that's pretty much the extent of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, less I, responsibilities. Yeah, I think when people feel nostalgic for childhood summer, it's mostly I'm nostalgic for when I didn't have anything to do. Yeah. But like embraced having nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh, go on and ride your bike all day. Because yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. Not like, Joe, you have to go to work. Yeah. I'm nostalgic for, like, the disconnection. I mean, I, even just yesterday, I, so I work from home. I'm a freelancer, and, um, which is fantastic in so many ways, but I'm kind of, my work day is kind of blurry. Like, it's just sort of, like, kind of, it's always ongoing. Like, um, you know, I work on the weekends. I work late. Sometimes I'm off in the morning and working, you know, late at night, and it's just the parameters of the work day are kind of gone, um, which... Again, I don't mind. I like working from home and for myself. But I yesterday I had just been sort of I've been on call for so long um, for this client I'm working for. And I was just like, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to go on a very long bike ride um, because, you know, there's nothing to accomplish by going on a bike ride. It's not even that great a workout, honestly. So it's like I just wanted to do something that had no ties to any kind of accomplishment and I do not want to have my phone with me. Um, that I long for that. I long for like doing nothing and feeling no shame in doing nothing and having no way to contact other people other than like going up to their door and trying to find where they are in the neighborhood, you know? Right. I yeah. definitely read a post that was something about like, don't feel shame when you're doing nothing. Yeah. Because sometimes that's what you need to yeah. do. And it's You're so recharging. Real. The shame of doing nothing is so real. Yeah, you there's, know? A, there's a very big article about uh, millennial burnout. Yeah. And that's that sense of without being able to disconnect, you always think, I could be doing more. Yes. That's why I wish we didn't have electricity mm -hmm. and the day would just end when the sun set. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have a candle to get to my bedroom, but that's it. Isn't that like a Hasidic Jewish thing or an Orthodox Jewish thing? I couldn't tell you that. I'm so sorry. I'm I'm just going to butcher <laughs> I the don't... rules of their religion. but <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say misinformation, but I, I believe 
on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to use electricity. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so you want, like, just, you literally want the lights to go out <laughs> when the sun goes down and you go around by candlelight. I think you there could, are... You I could think, be Amish. You could go Amish. You Yeah, you could. I think uh, because of the way I grew up, I don't want that, but I think there are mental health benefits to an actual end to your day. Yes. Lin-Manuel yes. Miranda... Uh, signs off on Twitter every day. He says good night yes. at the time where he's not going to check Twitter again yeah. and he's not going to be on his technology again. And I think a lot of us need to schedule that. Mm-hmm. We need to say at this time, um, technology-less. Otherwise, right. you're on all the time. Right. And even though it's like it's good for connection's sake, like you were saying when you before um, just about how connecting with friends when you were younger was hard because you were, you know, your parents didn't do that legwork. Um, it's it's good for connection's sake because I work alone, you know, but I do wish that there was a hard stop to the end of the connective period. Like, I wish that it was like from 6 p.m. onward, don't even text me. Like, you know, just let's, let's cut it off. <laughs> um, I long for that. And I, you know, now it's like you have to schedule vacation time where there's no reception in order to do that. Um, last year, I, I, um, I grew up going to the Adirondacks for our vacations. And last week, uh, last summer, I took my partner um, to the Adirondacks for a week long vacation. And I didn't tell him that there would be absolutely no cell reception. There's no internet service or anything. Um, and when we got there, he, he kind of like panicked a little. He's like, I didn't download any music. I have no podcast to listen to. I have nothing. And I'm like, I know that's why we're here. Like we need to disconnect so bad. No um, but like, there was actually like a moment of panic there of just like, what am I going to think about? What am I going to do? How am I going to consume media? Um, but then it like within a day, it leaves you. You're just you're completely reset and back into you, you can just stare into space and be entertained by doing that. Yeah. Like any addiction, you have a withdrawal period yeah. and then you're exactly. quote unquote back into the groove of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I long for that. I think uh, millennials have a very specific type of nostalgia because they they grew up in a no tech and tech world Mm -hmm. so it's either the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds depending on your mentality of it Mm -hmm. but they can think back to a time where they weren't tethered to their technology and so they can miss that time yeah i don't i don't know what today's generation's future nostalgia is going to look like i mean are they going to look back to today and think like oh, I miss the simplicity of Pokemon Go and, like, walking around and capturing things. <laughs> I think I already know people who feel, like, feel nostalgia for that. <laughs> I, I miss the early days of Pokemon Go. <laughs> um, I will say I was I was getting home from work maybe, like, two or three days ago, and I saw a couple kids just riding their bikes. And I was honestly like, oh, wow, like, Nice. Like, good for those kids. Like, Mm -hmm. so I do think, you know, at a certain point, kids are gonna always be kids. I'm sure there is gonna be that aspect of, oh, man, that Pokemon Go game, that was great. Like, we could go out and hunt Pokemon in real life. Um, But I think, to a certain extent, all kids are gonna have similar experiences during the summer, where you just go out and hang out with your friends, because school's out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think millennials have a lot of cynicism for, like, the loss of childhood because, like, oh, kids these days have a cell phone at, like, elementary school and this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And they forget that, like, kids will still successfully find ways to be kids. It'll just be their version of kids. Yeah. Like, I know people who feel nostalgia for Nintendo 64, for mm-hmm. the original Nintendo, and I do too. And another generation would be like, you feel nostalgia for video games, like not for like being outdoors and experiencing this, that and the other. And I was like, oh, no, I never did because yeah. my parents always wanted to know where I was at all times. Well, yeah. and you know, those video games are still linked to your childhood. It's still right. a childhood memory. Um, and I also think that kids naturally want they're going to want to get outside at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like our parents were concerned about like the onset of computer games, you know, and uh, just like for me watching Unsolved Mysteries for like five hours a day. But I still managed to get outside at some point. You know, I always knew when it was time to go see the sun. Right. Um, Right. So, you know, I think that everyone's fears are rooted in they're like, well, your childhood doesn't look like my childhood. So that's not right. Um, But I, I do think that like you said, Joe, I do. I see kids riding their bikes around my neighborhood all the time, and they're mm-hmm. not looking at their cell phones. They're fine. Um, so I, I think that I just I hope that kids get to disconnect at some point. That's the right. that's the hope. And I think that's the responsibility of parents. Yeah. Uh, in the sense of, I feel like a lot of technological advancements started with. Now you can keep track of your kids better. Yes. And at a certain point, you don't want to keep that well of a track on your kids is no. that a sentence yeah, uh, yeah i think i know what you're saying it's like so that too. episode of black mirror where the uh, daughter had the camera mind camera in her head and so mm-hmm. the mom could see what she could see and then she would censor what she could see yeah mm-hmm. and that's just episode. dangerous because i totally get it if you have the ability it's really hard not to just press that sensor button not to want to do that yeah but i i I'm so thankful. And I think that the whole free range thing, kid thing is becoming popular again. Um, Like not monitoring your kids every move all day long is, is okay to a degree. I mean, maybe there was a little bit too much freedom growing up because I mean, honestly, I don't think my mom knew where we were. Like, and we Mm -hmm. were sometimes just like we had ridden our bikes, like to the next town. Um, But I think that that is kind of making a comeback now. The whole, like, you don't need to know every single thing that your kid is getting into during the day. Um, Just teach them, don't be an asshole. (laughs) Just be smart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a song I know called uh, Everybody Get Dangerous by Weezer. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Uh, And the whole song is like how am I alive today after like the things I did with my friends in my childhood? Doesn't everyone have that? Re- I, like when I turned 30, I was like, I'm alive. I made it. <laughs> Somehow made it out of my twenties. <laughs> and and they, it also gets into like, and now what am I going to do when my kid comes to me and asks to go hang out? Like, well, I know what I got into. I know. Should I be letting them? Oh my God. <laughs> Why did I sign up for this? <laughs> So I, th- I think after this discussion on the spectrum, leaning towards free range kids is the best way to go because that's the way you get these memories of your summer vacation and you get to be nostalgic for a simpler time by going out and experiencing the world as a kid. 
Right. Yeah. And a lot of people say like summer memories are some of the best ones because from the beginning, you know that they're temporary, but that's something you can say about your whole life. Enjoy it to the fullest because that's going to be temporary. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about Hamilton the Musical and Hamilton the Person. If you liked us, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore bald men and find us on Facebook. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.